Park Hopping Podcast number 53, The Hassle-Free Walt Disney World Vacation. Hi there, this is Alan, and this is the Park Hopping Podcast, show number 53, the podcast that proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that anyone with a microphone can have their own podcast. (laughs) Greetings once again from Des Moines, Iowa, where a winter blizzard storm watch has uh, given me a lot of extra time to work on podcasts today. So I'm going to return to my Disney book collection and talk a little bit about another book that I received last year called The Hassle-Free Walt Disney World Vacation 2007 Edition. Um, This is a book by Stephen Barrett, and you may have heard of him before. He has a website called HiddenMickey'sGuide.com, and he's the author of Hidden Mickey's A Filled Guide to Walt Disney World's Best Kept Secrets. Now, let me be honest about this. When I first heard about Barrett's book on Hidden Mickey's, I was really unimpressed because for many years, for almost 10 years, there's been a website called HiddenMickey's.org, which contains a massive, extensive listing of Hidden Mickey's, and other people get to confirm or deny them. There's plenty of pictures. In fact, if you go to HiddenMickey's.org and search for my name, you're going to see that I've contributed many Hidden Mickey's and photos. In fact, that was kind of a a game that I used to play when I first started getting back to going to these theme parks on my own back in 19, the end of 1995, and I learned about Hidden Mickey's, I, um, I started taking pictures with my 1996 digital camera because there really weren't pictures of a lot of these. So I would actually go to the parks with a printout and I would try to find a lot of these Hidden Mickeys and take pictures of them and either confirm or deny them. Once people can look at them, then it's real easy to see, you know, what's wishful thinking or otherwise. So through the years, um... I I, I never understood why other people started maintaining lists when there was already this grandfather site that had everything and then some, including tons and tons of Mickeys that just aren't Mickeys. Well, HiddenMickeysGuide.com is tied to the book, and I will say one thing about the concept. It's a lot more convenient. Uh, Being a computer engineer, I actually created a program and a script that would go and let me save out the Hidden Mickeys pages, and it would parse through certain things and spit out a condensed list that I'd print four per page and take with me. So I did a lot of work to take these lists to the park, because printing out a thousand website pages is just not practical. Well, the Hidden Mickey guidebook that uh, Steve Barrett has is basically a nice summary of just the stuff that seems to be confirmed. Uh, therefore, it's something you can take with you in the park and play the little games. There's a little... little uh, well, anyway, you can check that book out. This is not really about that book. But I guess my point is, although I don't understand why somebody else would do a website, having these Hidden Mickey's books you can take with you into the park is kind of neat. Now, the Hassle-Free Walt Disney World Vacation book is... Um, basically a touring plan book. This is another concept where somebody is taking existing information that already exists on the internet and kind of doing their take on it and putting it out in a paperback book you can take with you and read on the bus or on the flight out or whatever. And that was kind of what got my attention. Touring plans. I can find them all over the internet. I have my own touring plans. All I have to do is go to these uh, various websites and you can find thousands and thousands of touring plans. So my first thing was, let's see how his touring plans compare to how I personally uh, handle the park. And and this book itself, which is, oh, let's see how many pages. It's uh, about 90 pages or so, has uh, an initial chapter of um, planning your vacation. You know, when to go, where to stay, getting around Walt Disney World, admission tickets, good things to know about, what to bring and eat, restaurants basic rules of touring, and even a section on Hidden Mickeys. And then it has uh, uh, information on how to read the book, about the touring plans, how they rate the attractions, and and some ideas on bringing the magic home. So it's a good introduction, something you're not going to find on a typical um, website all in one place. 
Now, it breaks down the book by the different theme parks. Magic Kingdom, Epcot, Animal Kingdom, MGM Studios. Even goes to Downtown Disney, the water parks, and other fun things to do in and outside of the uh, theme parks. So when we start talking about the Magic Kingdom itself, I'm going to skip the stuff about planning your vacation. There's lots of books on planning, and you can actually buy a 200-page book that's all about planning and saving money. This is more of a 50-page summary. But when it gets to the actual theme parks, um, one thing that I think is kind of nice is every section has kind of an overview of the park with a map, a very simplified map showing you where all the attractions are and the restaurants and um, things like that, kind of something you can have before you get there and go through the turnstile. Although you can contact Disney and they will send you park guides and you can download them and stuff like that. But he breaks down each park with a description and rating uh, from, you know, one to four stars it looks like. Uh, for instance, Walt Disney World Ra Railroad, rating two stars. Types, a gentle train ride with audio tour guide. Time, about 20 minutes to circle the park. Steve says, a great way to relax and rest your legs. And then there's a little description. So there's a nice little uh, view of all the attractions. The first thing I do is I check these reviews and see if they match mine. For instance, he gives Jungle Cruise four stars. Swiss Family Treehouse, three stars. I'm not sure... Uh, I would necessarily agree with the rating system, but since uh, Pirates of the Caribbean got four stars, Splash Mountain got five, okay, it goes to five stars, you know, a lot of the big attractions that you'd expect to get high ratings do, and he calls attention to some of the smaller attractions people would miss. I always take the train ride, but I almost never walk through the Swiss Family Treehouse, and he actually rates it higher. I mean, Hall of Presidents gets a higher rating than riding the train around the park, so, you know, it's, it's something like that somebody could use if they'd never been to the park again, taking one guy's advice, and he explains why he rates it the way he does. So that's a good thing about um, the, uh, the guide right there, is you just have a pocketbook, um, a good way to take something with you that has reviews of the park. He also uh, talks about which attractions have small wait times, like Hall of Presidents and the Treehouse, the Tiki Room, some of the less popular attractions. And then he talks about attractions that might frighten children, like some of the sounds in the Tiki Room, Pirates or Splash Mountain. Uh, points out some of the least crowded restrooms and some of the things that are especially cool to do at night, like riding Big Thunder at night or the Astro Orbiter or even the Carousel. Then he mentions some of the places you can go for quiet rest, the quiet park in Liberty Square behind ye old Christmas shop, places like that, and mentions a couple of the hidden Mickeys. So it's, it's kind of a nice summary of information you're not going to get from the little guidebooks they give you at the turnstiles. When it comes to touring, uh, he talks about how you get to the park, whether you're staying on property or off property, how early you should arrive, uh, best ways to get to the Magic Kingdom, uh, and then plans on how, what you're going to try to do, what your objective for the day is. So if you're trying to get to the mountains, he's got a little plan on how to get there on what days, whether it's early entry or not, to ride Space Mountain and Splash Mountain and Big Thunder Mountain. If you're interested in doing the race to space, he talks about the closest rope drop to Space Mountain and, and ways to get to it. The Dash to Splash gives advice on getting to Splash Mountain. Uh, so these are really good advice, and I really didn't find too much I could argue with anything in here. These are very sound things, and in one case he even had a, an alternate route through a restaurant or through some of the shops on Main Street that I you know, had really never thought about. I do that stuff at Disneyland, but at Disney World I'm just usually overwhelmed by how large it is. There are one-day touring plans for adults and teens, and um, they talk about how to do it on an early entry day when the park is already full. 
versus an early entry day when you can get into the park and take advantage of it. Uh, for instance, adults and teens one day plan for extra magic hour early entry days. This is for people staying on property. Talks about going to Space Mountain and then uh, going uh, to Stitch's Great Escape and then going to, you know, it, it just is this whole list of hitting as many things as you can in the park. And some of them are very similar to what I've done. And then there's non-early entry days where it literally has, oh gosh, what is this? It's like uh, 22 different steps, including where and, and when to take breaks to eat. So it's a very nice summary of a touring plan, and you could follow this and probably see a heck of a lot more in your day at the parks than you could just wandering around, especially if you're not a big Disney dweeb that already knows the place inside and out. There's also touring plans for families with young children, again, on early entry days, on days without. There's a one-day touring plan for seniors, and the attractions are adjusted accordingly. With children, it's going to stress more of the Fantasyland rides. With adults and teens, more of the thrill rides. And there's, uh, uh, it goes on. There's two-day touring plans for the same groups, and it happens to be, uh, probably where I do, because I always spend about two days at the Magic Kingdom. But that's how it's kind of broken down, so it's not one-size-fits-all. They do take ad uh, advantage of who the target audience is for each different um, touring plan that's in there. And this is repeated for Epcot, both Future World and World Showcase, and the other theme parks. So this is useful. I read through it. It wasn't anything that me, someone who's gone to the parks hundreds of times, really went, wow, that makes a lot of sense. It was stuff that uh, we always tell our newbie friends to go, you know, like you gotta hit the big attractions in the morning and you can write a lot more the last hour before you go and advice on which attractions not to miss versus the ones that you can see anytime. You know, why stand in line for Spaceship Earth the first thing in the morning when it's going to be a walk-on later on in the day. Um, I'm less familiar with the Animal Kingdom Park, so I read through this whole section and again it was like, oh, hit the safaris and hit uh, you know, again, the big attractions. So a lot of the same stuff happens, but it was interesting to hear another take on it. And occasionally there's little bits of trivia thrown in. Uh, most of the time it's it's nothing that you haven't already seen a zillion times on other websites. But again, this is a book you can take with you. I do like the ratings. Uh, it was interesting reading the reviews of the Animal Kingdom carnival rides over there. Triceratops Spin and Primeval Whirl and Dinosaur... Well, Dinosaur's a real ride. You know what I'm saying. It's It's a lot of neat things there. And then finally, there's a small chapter at the end that talks about Pleasure Island, the Marketplace, West Side, uh, the water parks, gives little descriptions of the different water parks, and has some uh, other fun things to do at Walt Disney World. For instance, in Magic Kingdom, when the park opens, wa wake up Tinkerbell at Tinkerbell's Treasure Shop in Fantasyland and watch her fly around inside the store. Uh, tips on finding the Lady and the Tramp uh, footprints out in the, kind of the uh, thing out in the concrete in front of Tony's. Uh, getting a haircut at the barber shop on Main Street, catching the dapper dance, watching the flag ret retreat, looking for Push the talking trash can. These are a lot of great little details that I bet most people don't know about, like the antique phones inside the Main Street Market House that you can listen to the, uh, the 1800s conversations from the party line. So, it's pretty neat. Um, there are some bits that are a little uh, out of date because the park is changing all the time, uh, but again, this is the 2007 guide and I think publication... Uh, that get updated each year will always be somewhat, um, you know, somewhat accurate, a lot more than buying a book and keeping it. So if it's something you want to do, even though the changes from year to year might be minor, if you're bringing new people along, it's always, you know, worth picking up the latest copy. Uh, there's also this typical things like some of the other books I've read lately about riding the monorail and going to Disney Quest and how you can take the boats um, around for free. And it finally ends with a little picture guide 
little kind of a contest where it shows various pictures from around the park and, and says, can you tell where these are from? There's things from Small World and Splash Mountain and Tom Sawyer Island. Most of them are pretty obvious. But again, if you're reading a book like this, you probably aren't an expert. So check it out. It's the uh, Hassle-Free Walt Disney World Vacation 2007 edition by Stephen M. Barrett. Once again, published by the Intrepid Traveler, intrepidtraveler.com. You can check it out at bookstores and Amazon. It's, it's a book. It's about $15. It's, a, it's kind of a fun book. And again, if you're not an expert or you ever leave the parks thinking, oh my gosh, I didn't see all these things I wanted or we didn't get to do hardly anything, you probably need a book like this. So uh, check out the hassle-free Walt Disney World Vacation 2007 edition by Steve Barrett. And if you like it, give me a call. Let me know what you liked. Send me an email to podcast at disneyfans.com or dial 206-2030-227 and um, I'll share your comments on a future show. This is just another quick episode taking advantage of the snow day here in Des Moines. We'll see you next time. Another Crappy Podcast production. Be sure to visit anothercrappypodcast.com to learn more about this and other equally exciting (sighs) podcasts.